Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Anarcho-Biblicalist Book Club. I'm your host, Jordan, and here with me is my good friend, Juan. Hello, Juan. Hello, Jordan. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> you know, I'm just sitting in this uh, furnace of a room recording this podcast, which is my natural habitat, so I'm all good. It's exactly where you should be, is in a, is in a hot room. As exactly as God intended. In the fucking podcast sweatshop. <laughs> if I ain't outside working the fields, I'm in here working the podcast. Now on. You just work in hot environments. Not necessarily thriving in hot environments, just working in them. Thus my life. So Juan, as you know, I went to Catholic school. And I learned a lot of Catholic theology and had guided Bible lessons and readings for about 12 or so years of my life. But unlike the other kids, I didn't have friends. <laughs> and there's a bookshelf full of Bibles in each classroom, so I sometimes pass the time reading the Bible. I love that that's the complete polar opposite of my upbringing, because I was raised Mexican in America, and surrounded by nothing but Catholics. Mm -hmm. But nobody ever taught me anything, and I never picked up a book. Which is why I've called you here today. So, when I read the Bible, you know, as a child, and when I read snippets of it as an adult, I think it's a really wild book. You know, it'll go from, like, the minutia of traveling from one place to another to an atrocity to a surreal image described to you 2,000 years removed from what the author was actually trying to, like, allude to. Or, you know, just erotic poetry. <laughs> I wasn't expecting the last one, honestly. <laughs> Which hopefully we'll get to if this podcast keeps going. But, uh, so halfway through my life, I became agnostic and later became an atheist. And, as I said, still read this book sometimes. My education on the book has evolved somewhat. I went from hearing only the Catholic theological perspective to, you know, watching, like, online Yale lecture courses and religious study professors' YouTube channels. Just the more I learned, the more I found a new way to be interested by it. The Bible is a surreal, bizarre, and sometimes deeply troubling book, and... One thing I like to do is to share surreal, bizarre, and deeply troubling things with my friends. So that's what I'm going to do. In this podcast, I will be reading the Bible with only minor omissions to my dear buddy, as we've introduced him, Juan. So, Juan, tell me about your background with the Bible, because you alluded to it already. But I'd like to hear a more... I'd like to have the listeners hear a fuller explanation of, you know, your religious background and your contact with the bible well like i said uh you, i grew up around catholics strong devoted catholics but i was also the product of my parents who are straight from mexico city and thus they really don't give a shit about religion they uh they're, they're secularists than most immigrants i feel like and they try to get us a bit into catholicism to try and keep us off the street but just kind of gave up when they realized oh I re-raised two nerds that sit on the computer all day. I think we're good. <laughs> so, like, I, I heard... I mean, there's more than one way to go about that. <laughs> so, like, I know bits and pieces there, but it was all filtered through a priest or whatever school teacher was there, you know? And they would read a line, then try to explain, you know, two-hour explanation what the line meant. Then my next encounter with the Bible was during, like, the 2014-2015 era of, like, reddit and youtube atheism which i got mm -hmm. kind of caught in because i was a cringy 14 13 year old it happens i get it <laughs> so i know the arguments that came about from all that drama that happened but it was like all in layman's terms and it was you know just 
it, it never went into uh, theology or philosophy. It just kind of went into, look, the Bible says there are giants. <laughs> there are no giants in the real world. Therefore, Bible false. Mm-hmm. That type of shit. So I never really delve deep into the Bible. So yeah, di- delving actually into the Bible and seeing like what it truly says and like in somewhat of its entirety is sort of what I'm going for here because you know you can get like snippets of it that like disprove religion but like that's not going to be the focus of this this is going to be like just to go through the bible right yeah we're going through the whole bible we're just sort of and you know when you're looking at it to like disprove religion number one you know it can be done (laughs) in my opinion but number two it's like you're looking at verses that are important for disproving religion not that i think that that's like cherry picking like i'm sure it isn't if you just look at it like divorced from like religion almost you know you can't exactly divorce it from religion but if you just look at it like as itself like just what it's telling you i think it's just a really weird book and i think it's something we can gawk at for however many hours of podcast we have in us oh yeah from what little i've like gained from just hearing other people talk about the bible it does seem like it's a very surreal experience actually reading through it without any religious lenses, sort to say. Yeah, and those lenses are sort of what I want to get into when I talk about disclaimers for this series. So I have a few listed here. Uh, number one, we are atheists. Our commentary will be from that perspective, and sometimes we'll be pretty apologetic about the fact that we don't feel that we need to give this book any reverence. So at least keep that in mind, you know, if you're thinking about listening to this podcast. Um, Number two, uh, like I said, the Bible can be deeply troubling, and I'm going to cover all of it. We're going to cover all of it. So there will be a content warning for violence and sexual assault for basically every episode, unfortunately. (laughs) And number three, uh, we are not experts. No, we're two dumbasses that decided to pick up a microphone and start a podcast yeah i'm a hobbyist at best and we are intentionally leaving Juan as in the dark as you can be being raised in and in, in areas that are predominantly christian you know what's funny is that uh i've heard a saying that says that like uh hey dude let's start a podcast it's the modern day version of hey dude let's start a band and we have done both actually we have done both actually yeah <laughs> So throughout the whole series, I will try and add what I've learned about the Bible over the years, but I could have details fuzzy or I could not have sufficient explanations or I could even sometimes be like fully wrong. I will try my best to fill in any details from the wider world that I can, but please don't take what I say as 100% correct all the time. I will try and talk about resources for learning more when I can as well, and or how I learned these things, so you can check my source. Which further t- uh, to add is that the main point of this podcast is going to be to be entertaining. Even though we are trying to be educational, we are not educators. We're just trying to be as entertaining as possible. Yeah. And another thing, we could have made a podcast that goes deeply into the historical, theological, and literary lenses through which one can read and study the Bible, but... As I said, number one, I'm not an expert in the, in any of those things, really. Number two, I think the Bible is weird enough on its own. I just want to highlight how strange the Bible is in its plainest reading, 
We will certainly go into some of those things from time to time as it interests us or as questions are asked about it. I doubt I'll be able to resist myself, to, to resist it when I want to, you know, talk about those things. But uh, the primary force of focus of the podcast will be on the Bible itself. Oh, with that, is there anything more you want to add in terms of disclaimers? One, you mentioned the uh, we're trying to entertain. <laughs> I feel like as the title like of the podcast should uh, imply, we are leftists. So we're also going to be coming in from that viewpoint. That That's true. Yeah. We're going to make Jordan Peterson jokes and stuff. <laughs> Mostly because I think even without knowing too much about the Bible, I think his analysis is kind of goofy. Yeah. Which we're gonna be getting into 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 something that he really uh, a story he really draws from in this uh, in this episode. We're gonna talk about why women are uh, are dragons of chaos. Are you ready, Juan? Oh my God, I love chaos. Let's go. So we're gonna begin with the creation story. Everyone knows the rough outline, but I think some of the details might be surprising to people. And in particular, Juan, I want you to know what the world is looking like as as this story goes on like what the world physically looks like as in like what it actually looks like in the bible or in real in the life? bible what what okay. this can tell us about the bible about the the earth if we've never if we're just from a aliens from another dimension if we've never seen a planet if we've never seen this world's physics for example just just put put it all together. And also, how much of this have you read? Because I think if anyone's... If you've read the Bible at all, it's going to be this section. So is is this uh, the book of Genesis? This is Genesis 1-1. This is the very beginning. Okay, so yeah, like I, like I know some of the stuff from Genesis. But also the stuff from Genesis also includes like shit about the apocalypse, right? Uh, I think that's like the. I'd the, say that's more revelations. I don't revelations. Yeah. Okay, yeah. there you go. I was mixing those two up. Ooh, this will be good. Okay. By yeah. the way, I I think I understand Genesis because it covers like the seven days to make the mm-hmm. earth and then the Garden of Eve, right? Yes, we will get into all of that. And before we begin, I'm gonna add that I'm using the NRSV updated edition. I've heard that's pretty a pretty decent sort of scholarly Bible to use all right can do you think you can explain to us what the difference is between that and the king james bible uh, well king james bible was written in like the 1600s and like uses less old texts and less ge- there's general king james bible is a pretty big step but it's definitely not the most up-to-date scholarship and there's like more little like you know adding in christian theology <laughs> into places so, like, if if I'm right, though, the King James Bible is what most of the world uses now, right? Um, Probably not what most of the world uses. A lot of the world, at least, like, you know, the English-speaking world. Well, yeah, A I lot guess. of the, yeah. a good amount of, like, evangelicals in particular, like, there's a big movement to for, like, oh, the King James Bible is the best Bible. And it's fun in that it's, like, you know, it's got the these and thous and wherefores. It's, like, Shakespearean era. But, like, I wouldn't say it's the most used. I think there's actually a pretty... I don't know. There's there's a Wikipedia page on that. But there's a lot of different Bible translations. I don't know if one has, like, a clear majority out of any other one. One might have, like, a plurality, but not, not so much, like, you know. There's not one Bible that has, like, most Christians in its pocket. Okay. 
what we need though is a Bible written entirely in uh, Gen Z. True. Because that way it'd be like pretty clear to us. Because like right now with all the different Bibles and everything, like even even like people that use like the same Bibles to argue what certain verses mean. Mm-hmm. I feel like if the Bible just said. Yo, dumbass, don't sleep with another guy. Maybe that would clear things up a bit, you know? I just can't I just can't wait until they talk about Jesus as a as a as a fucking white boy goaded with the sauce. <laughs> One of the Ten Commandments is no capping. <laughs> <laughs> no capping, oh, right. be loyal to your hoe. I think that's commandment number seven or something. I don't know. We'll get there. <laughs> Don't shit talk your parents. So, let's begin with the first verse. When God began to create the heavens and the earth, the earth was complete chaos, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. So what strikes you about that first and foremost, Juan? Well, I'm glad God decided to make the light good. I'd be terrified if the light was no good. Damn. Afraid of the dark, but the dark is the day. I'm not sure who would, other than me and maybe like a few other dozen people would get this. But uh, no good light sounds like one of the first iterations of SCP-001 when day breaks. (laughs) And if you know what that is, y'all know how her- terrifying that sounds to my ears. Because basically, like, the sun hits you and you melt into, like, a still semi-conscious goo. So that's the no good light. And I'm glad God decided, nah, that's bad light. We need good light. SCPs are either metal as fuck or goofy. <laughs> They're everything in between. Cool. So one thing that struck me rereading this is... The Earth already existed. He sort of found it, and he was like, all right, this is a fucking mess. He decided to make a little bit of a fixer-upper about it. So Yeah, so what it sounds to me is that it was mostly just water, and this really abstract notion, because it's not specified here, of chaos, which, if there was, if there wasn't really anything much, what is there to bring about chaos, really? Well, here's the thing. If we can go back to the text... The earth was complete chaos, darkness covered the face of the deep, and a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Yeah, the face of the waters. So the two things we can add to chaos so far are uh, darkness primordial, and wind, and maybe waters. (laughs) So so we're getting our our definition of chaos going. (laughs) So everything that in prehistoric times could kill a person, if there's too much of it. (laughs) The three dangers to... To humans back in the day it was darkness, water, and wind from God. Well, yeah, <laughs> because imagine if you're just naked out, like out in the elements, and like oh, shit, a strong you're getting cold. wind comes by. You're okay. Yeah, you get cold, but imagine when there's like no hospitalization or anything, and you get frostbite. What the fuck are you gonna do? That thing's just gonna infect you. It's just gonna spread. That's horrifying. Is that how frostbite works? Is that so much an infection as it is just your fingies fall off because they're too cold? If, if I say <laughs> something about biology, I'm pretty sure I'm wrong about it. So, uh, one last thing that I noticed is that he created day and night, and then he didn't really do anything after that. Like, all the work he did on the first day was before day and night existed. So really, 
He took Monday off. What a lazy son of a bitch. Or Sunday, depending on your religious background. But yeah, what a lazy bastard. Can't believe him. So, Jordan, where are you in this whole debate as to what's the first day of the week? Monday or Sunday? Uh, it's mostly just what we agree on. I don't know if I have much of a choice one way or the other. That's a coward's answer. True. My real answer is that it's the weekend. Sunday is the last day, and I will fight anybody about this. Come at me, bro. Yeah, it's a coward's answer for a cowardly man, and that's me. The world ain't ready to hear my uh, opinions. <laughs> the world isn't ready for one's opinions. They're too powerful. Okay. Verse 6. And God said, Let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome, and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome. And it was so. God called the dome sky, and there was evening and there was morning, the second day. So I think we can add that to our definition of chaos here. I think what the problem is that the waters were mixing. There was the two waters that weren't separated, and that's what was causing all the chaos also. <laughs> God said separate but equal. God Because <laughs> think about it this way, Juan. You got one water and you got another water, and they're all mixing together. It's a fucking mess, isn't it? <laughs> now, I don't hate a dark water, but it better not be coming in on my side of the neighborhood if you catch my drift. God damn. Is the white water above, though? Because, like, the sky's like a light blue, and the ocean's like a dark blue. I don't, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not ready to dwell deeper into that ratio analogy. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I get you. So we've got a glass dome. Uh, we got a firmament, if you will, holding back the, uh, holding back the water. And so the glass is the sky. But there's water above that glass. And thus the waters are separated. So, uh, what I do, what I have heard is that, you know, it's all translated from different languages. So I really want to know what, if they was like a different word they used for the sky in one of the original languages. Like, did they use the term water or was it? I don't know. It just I seems kind of weird. I can't say I know. Yeah. Is it, it's just it's kind of weird because I never heard this before that the sky is a different water from that of you know the ocean. No, yeah, it's uh. a weird concept. I think what is interesting about reading some of this in particular, at least number one is just how weird it is, and number two, but like it's weird because you're like glancing into a different culture. Oh no, yeah, you're, <laughs> you are like, reading their interpretation of what the world actually is. Yeah, with, it's just like ancient people just sort of fucking guessing <laughs> and they yeah, just right, come they up guessing. with weird shit because humans are weird and it's fun but to be fair though this is kind of a tame origin story it ain't nothing like the egyptian one yeah tame so far the egyptian yeah. one is crazy it's nothing like the real one. Oh, uh, the real one is fucking <laughs> insane like the egyptian yeah dude <laughs> okay so if we were to rank the origin stories on you know on a tier list of craziness like this is like a c okay it's kind of tame Whatever, God separate yeah, the waters yeah. into sky and water. Like, it's not even as weird as Warhammer oh, lore. Oh, that's a whole different... I'm not going to go in there. But that, that definitely would be that definitely would be S-tier weirdness. Put a match right next to the gunpowder on that one, didn't yeah. I? But just the actual, like, the scientific explanation for the universe is probably, like, an S-tier of weirdness. Oh, and yeah. I don't think people... 
No, oh, yeah, it, it's a it's a wild one. I don't think people understand just how crazy that actually is. There was a rapid ex- like expansion that lasted like not even half of half of half of a second, and most of the most of the like the recognizable universe was created like in half of a 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 second. So, yeah, and then it took like billions of years for things to cool down enough to actually form anything we know. It's pretty fun. It's really fun. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure if there's like a cross audience here of you know. Bible nerds that also look into Big Bang Theory. But if you haven't looked into Big Bang Theory, like, actually read it thoroughly. It is insane. Yeah. All right, verse 9. And God said, Let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bears fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the third day. So finally we got some good orderly land finally some good fucking land with fruit i mean i love fruit i I just i just love this uh, repetition throughout the bible like uh and god saw that it was good which i'm gonna try to explain this but it strikes weird to me that like he would first make it being omniscient he would first make it and then be like oh look at that it turned out good like when you know if it would turn out good or not before you made it He's just trying his best. I mean, left out of the 12 days where he made some shit and was like, ah, it's all right. Maybe I'll control Z this one. You're right. Maybe I'm being too hard. This is like still a young god. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) But, you know, it's it's like his first try. And he's just trying his best. You're right. Uh, You're going to get get into beefs with all the Catholic philosophers out there. All 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 the priests who have the doctorates in theology <laughs> saying he's a young god are they also gonna argue with me that this is his first try because i'm just reading the book as it is i have no evidence here there's no there's no subtext to say that he made other worlds before this true so you know his, his first try he's just trying his best I wonder what the mormons would have You're to right. say about that i know they have some many world shit but dude the mormons would never talk to me i'm too dark <laughs> too edgy <laughs> you're an anti-mormon as soon as you two collide you explode no i mean as in i am literally too dark <laughs> like my skin's my skin tone is like maybe three or four hues darker than they would like it to be in all seriousness it is a bit of a poetic thing and and it, and it they develop on that theme more the and it was good god saw that it was good and then the evening and morning bit that is somebody actually we got we got to say like whether or not religion is a thing that it is real like that this was somebody who wrote a thing with intent you know oh no yeah this is wonderfully written honestly all right next verse and god said let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, 
and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. So in the Bible, it seems that the theory is that... Moon generates its own light. Say again? The moon generates its own light. True, yes. <laughs> the, the moon generates its own light. It's a lesser light. If you're religious, you can play with that verbally. But just reading the text, it seems to be that it's just its own light. It's kind of insulting, though. It's like, moon, you're a lesser light. And the moon's like... Yeah, not as good. Oh my god. Not as bright. You can't see the, the waters above the dome nearly as well with this light. I want to note that the stars are inside the dome in addition here, as opposed to what astronomers say, which is that stars are actually holes in the box that God keeps us in so we can breathe. Wait, wait, is that is that a legit thing? <laughs> no. Oh. No, dude, he, he keeps us in a little cardboard box and he poked holes in it so we can breathe. It's air holes. When you said a, when you said astronomer, I thought you meant like uh, astroglobist or something like that. Huh. Not familiar with that Earth lore. <laughs> you know, like you know, like that's about people that would map out the stars, but still would oh, like astrologers base their observations on the Bible. I guess, yeah. I thought they had a different name. Hmm. I don't know. I'll have to look into that more. But yeah, there are two lights inside of you: one to rule the day, and one to rule the night and the stars. And God said. Let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters, and every living creature that moves, of every kind. And God said that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. So sea monsters confirmed, basically. God bless the seed monsters. That's what this. That's what these verses say. I, f I feel like if it's in the sea, it is a monster. <laughs> Everything in the sea is a monster. Crabs, monster. And whatever else that we don't know that's down there. There are some monsters down there. That's for sure. There are some big old boys. I definitely didn't need the Bible to tell me there were sea monsters. Also, we came to an important rule that God has set down, which is birds are to mate on the earth. Not not the sea. Birds shouldn't multiply at sea. It said to let the birds multiply on the earth. I just wanted to and point they that do. out. And they do. Birds are loyal. <laughs> loyal to God's intent. You gotta give them that. If there's one thing you can give the birds, it's that they're loyal to God and the CIA. <laughs> well, as of now, we know God isn't a fucking prude. We also know that God is in the CIA. We'll get to that when we get to Leviticus. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> we'll get there, Juan. Spoilers. Yo, all, all, all my life I've been raging against the CIA for killing John F. K. and Martin Luther King. And you're telling me I'm on the losing side of this battle? Yeah, especially because that was the FBI that did that. Oh, yeah, the FBI did kill Martin Luther King. You're right. You're raging against the wrong machine, buddy. Uh, it's all part of the same machine. What, whatever, one is filled with Harvard liberals and the other one's filled with Princeton conservatives, whatever. <laughs> one of them is crazy and one of them is fucking off the rails. <laughs> okay, verse 24. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind, and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make humans in our image, 
according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humans in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. It's interesting because he says, according to our likeness. Yeah, that's a that's a big thing. Cause I'm... Th- this is this is the section with the most footnotes so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've seen <laughs> the that. NRSV. Are we gonna get there, or is this? It, did he create the earth after making his whole hierarchy of angels? Cause if if he already had the hierarchy of angels, I, it makes sense for it to be like after our image, you know. Well, my thought is we should not even we haven't even got to angels yet. For all we know, they don't fucking exist. <laughs> oh, so angels were like a DLC add-on to the Bible later on? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Along with the, you know, the Satan pack. But uh, the the, the, the New Testament overhaul also. Okay, yeah, so first playthrough, God went solo mode. All right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, actually, in the in the beta mode, uh, Canaanite and Near East religion, uh, there's many gods. And... I don't know the extent to which I'll go into this very much, but a lot of biblical scholars, a lot of scholars generally see this as evidence of Judaism's polytheistic origins. Wait, Jews believe in earlier? Because like, it's thought that this wasn't codified and written down until like, it's thought that like when this was like codified, that there was still some polytheistic attributes of judaism of like early judaism another thing that i've heard but i haven't been able to substantiate is basically in the original hebrew there's a couple of ways to say god there's el and elohim yeah but elohim is actually plural oh and in that genesis verse one there that's interesting it says when elohim began to create the heavens and the earth it doesn't reflect that in this translation i was looking to see if it did in any others but i find much one way or the other but i think based on a trey the explainer video so keep that in mind great video though you should watch it it's about uh some stuff that we're going to cover a little bit later in this little chunk of genesis but uh yeah sort of there's a lot of little allusions to there being many gods in genesis that is very interesting actually all this contention over how many gods there are just because of some simple linguistic detail. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some... That video that Trey the Explainer made was about the Nephilim, and we that is a big can of worms that we will get into, I'm sure, when we get to those chapters of Genesis. Are the Nephilim the giants? scripting that out, but I will get to that a little later. All right, fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll, hold, I'll hold my curiosity. But yeah. So but in these thing, verses, we see... Sorry, go on. One thing I want to point out is that he said that and let them have dominion over the fish and the sea and over the birds and over the air. And so God's like, yeah, you guys are my favorite. Go ahead and just bit the shit out of everything. Yeah, I mean. And he said all the all the stuff that creeps. We can't control spiders, man. I was saying. You that can't the- control spiders or mosquitoes. Like, we can tame and we can domesticate any animal through just pure will. But we somehow still can't find a way to get rid of the fucking mosquitoes. Well, Bill Gates is working on it. As well as putting 5G in our vaccines. God bless him. And so... You know, everybody be complaining. Like, they be saying that shit legitimately. It's like, oh, 
it's something about 5G and the vaccines. And it's like, bro, don't you want 5G in you? Yeah, man. Just imagine, I'm like, I'm like a walking hotspot. I have not lost cell service since getting vaccinated. It's great. But yeah, I got, I got the, uh, the Moderna. And ever since then, I've had nothing but like 20 ping in all the video games I played. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got mixed. I think, I think they say when you get the one of each that it's actually, uh, it's sort of like, you know, when you have kids with somebody who has a very different immune system than you, they're, they're just super powered. And I have just like unlimited internet. <laughs> I have unlimited internet. And every time I touch an antenna, I can hear what the police are doing. <laughs> Trust me, that becomes very useful. I w- no, I will not elaborate. All right, let's continue. <laughs> yeah, so we also get to see... We get to see two of God's most controversial decisions, making humans and making creeping things. I don't, I don't know Which too really... many people that are, uh, that are very offended at the notion that God created humans. I think we're all kind of happy that that happened. Uh, you serious? I don't know. <laughs> you serious? There's some people that are like, you know what? Us? God's biggest mistake. Actually, no, you know what? Never mind. They're probably somewhere. <laughs> they probably are. <laughs> we're... We're controversial. We have some ups. We have our ups and our downs. Maybe we could have. He could have made us from you know be a little more closely related to bonobos instead of chimps, because chimps just like kill things for fun, and bonobos uh, have sex with each other to diffuse the tension. Yeah. Now, in Juan uh, dissects the frog, uh, bonobos are actually really chill primates. And chimps are fucking violent. Yeah. If you thought Japan in Manchuria was awful, you need to read up on chimps. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> We're going to turn into that Joe Rogan bit. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, chimps, man. You, they're like fucking brutal, bro. Bro, if chimps could have, if chimps were walking around, had all the same rights as us, it would be a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Shit, maybe chimps are another. Thing you know to we'll add do to the we'll controversies do the, list. We'll do the anti-Rogan. We'll talk about just how great bonobos are. Yeah, focus like, on the do, good things. It, it'd be like Joe Rogan would be talking about like, dude, just imagine if the Supreme Court were like bonobos, man. Like if they if they couldn't come in agreement, they just have sex. Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be awesome, if only. Like imagine instead of fighting wars over resources, we just see who fucked better. I feel like everybody be happy. Anyway, you want some more THC? All right, next verse. Verse 28. (laughs) God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all of the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. Every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything he had made, and indeed, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. You know what? Food is very good indeed. I agree with you there, God. God's rules number two. Only green plants can be eaten. Hard and fast. No exceptions. You know, I think I'm seeing like a perspective about the Bible that I feel nobody else has come upon. 
because he said be fruitful and multiply and obviously like everybody that's where like a lot of fundamentalist policy decision comes from right Mm because they want the most kids but it says and fill the earth every sperm is sacred and i'm like well everybody's gonna interpret that as that we should just spread around the earth but he didn't say spread around the earth he said fill the earth he did say fill it so i i think our destiny is to become more people (laughs) oh shit i feel like maybe that's an important detail because i thought you were thinking we need to get humans to the point where we're just in every nook and cranny, where we are just shoulder to shoulder on this motherfucker. No, but we'll still be on the surface of the earth. We will not be filling it. True. And so... Oh, we gotta get we deeper. Gotta, we gotta fill every hole. We gotta get inside earth. We gotta go inside earth, baby. <laughs> That's what we, we gotta, gotta cream do. pie the shit out of earth with, our, with ourselves. <laughs> I'm still gonna do religion, Jordan. Wanna come? Uh, yes, I do. All right, I'm not sure I'm going to name it yet. And that seems to be a running theme with this episode. <laughs> <laughs> can't name the podcast, can't name the religion. That's going to be our fucking downfall. Well, we are going to fill the center of the motherfucking earth. <laughs> but by God. The Russians kind of had a good start. They have that giant hole that they stopped because it was too hot. And I'm just like, fucking pussies. I'm going to evolve to survive down there. All right? I'm going to become I'm going to become the fucking bacteria that's around volcanic vents. Juan and I will will repopulate the earth and we will selectively breed ourselves to be tolerant to volcanic ash and the fucking hell fire that is below. By the end of it, the image is fucking glorious. By the end of it, in the complete dead center of the planet, it's going to be like our main honcho guy, whoever becomes her messiah, right? The one who can go deepest is our messiah also. <laughs> and it will be a glorious sight because he's in the dead center of the earth. So he'll just be floating. Oh, my goodness. Because gravity's pulling equally from all sides. You're right. Just surrounded by molten nickel. Yeah. He'll be surrounded by mole nickel and moles. It'll be a glorious sight. It'll be really trippy. That's beautiful. Truly, this is what God had in mind. I feel like that's a better heaven than whatever anybody else is offering. <laughs> This is the good ending. Okay. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished in all their multitude. On the sixth day, God finished the work he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. So he got a little sleepy, basically. Aw, God needed a nap. He just needed a little nap. He's like, all right, I'm tuckered out. I've had six successful days and like 14 unsuccessful ones. <laughs> I just need a little rest. That's that's kind of cute, though. He's just like, oh, I'm tired from creating existence. I'll go lie down for a bit. Yeah, that's kind of a little lie down. Yeah. Okay, Juan, what did you think of this creation story? I'm going to give it the same rating I personally gave to the newest Minions movie. It's a 7 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to unpack on that one. <laughs> a lot of association. So, I mean, well, I guess the one big association. <laughs> yes, I am equating the creation of all existence with the Minions movie. You know, it's up there with a lot of things like the Minions movie. Not saying it's bad. <laughs> I'm I'm just putting a score to the quality of this creation myth. 
and I think it's pretty decent. Pretty decent. It's it's rather tame than most I've known of. Like the Greek one had them fighting their fathers and mutilating them. The Egyptian one had somebody coming on a on a flower. The Aztec one has like the world being created and destroyed like seventeen times. And this one's just like God separated two waters, he made a dome, he created day and night, and then he made all the things on the earth and the waters. Like that's the way it's told is pretty beautiful, honestly. Yeah. It's a nice little like poem. But it's it's a rather tame creation. Yeah, yeah. But don't don't you worry, Juan, because you see all this creation myth that's happened. We're going to take that and we're going to chuck it out the fucking window. Because right after this, a completely separate and distinct creation myth starts. We got a twofer, baby. Wait, wait. So the Bible can't even decide on what it wants to tell? Sure can't. This is like, uh, this, this, this is this how it might have happened. But but uh, Joseph here doesn't agree. That I, and because, you know, he's taking care of my kids, I got to put his shit on. There's a lot my to book. be said about, like how it might have been compiled and what the reasoning would have been. But in terms of just the text, it just starts a completely new creation myth. It just starts right in another one. It's not like, oh, but it might have gone like this. Or, oh, one person says this, but then another person says this. It just starts right up. So I choose to think of it as a retcon. All of that, all of that stuff we just read, get it out your brain. Throw it out the window. <laughs> We're starting over, baby. Oh, my God. I'm I'm a piss off uh, I'm a piss off some Jordan Peterson fans here, but this is like some postmodernist shit right this there. This is some postmodern neo Marxism, that is for sure. No, not neo Marxism, just postmodern <laughs> way of telling a story. Yeah, like shit. I've never I've never I don't think I've ever read a piece or seen a piece of media that shows you something and then goes like, nah, fuck that. Here's how it actually went. All right, let's start with creation myth two: electric boogaloo. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, when no plant of the field was yet in the earth, and no vegetation of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no one to till the ground, but a stream would rise from the earth and a water the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So God looks around, And he answers the most important question first. Who will labor for me? Where will all the vegetables come from? It's what he's looking at first. What do you think so far? It's a complete 180. It's a complete 180. (laughs) What the fuck? So we got a couple of things going on still. There's water on the ground. That's chaos. There's wind from God. That's chaos. (laughs) As we know from the previous story. But then again, that story was retconned. So maybe they have just completely different connotations here. We don't know. 
God literally snorted the fucking earth. <laughs> and then from that high, created men. That's really fucking metal. I like to think that the previous creation myth was a was God snorting something. And then he hallucinated. And then he was like, alright, time for business. <laughs> By the way, th- those trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, uh, they won't be important. You you can you you don't have to worry about those, so don't worry, okay? Okay, <laughs> I feel like I'm being misled. No, yeah, you, but I will take your word for it. No, you can just you can just ignore them. We're gonna move on. A river flows out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it divides and becomes four branches. The name of the first is Pishon. It is the one that flows around the whole land of Havila, where there is gold. And the gold of the land is good. Delium and onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It is the one that flows around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris, which flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. So, these are four rivers that exist. In theory, we could use them to figure out where the Garden of Eden is. And I did a little bit of research, actually. The Fertile Crescent somewhere in Iraq, no? Well... Not Iraq, Iran. Because I think in real life, uh, <laughs> in real modern day, uh, the Tigris and the Euphrates have a shared origin point. Yeah. But the Pishon and the uh, and the other one sure don't. <laughs> so, so I did some research. I looked up that land, Hivala, to see if it had a, a real-life thing. And on, on Google Images, I found an image with Armenia circled with Hivala, with Havila, question mark, in the center. So that's where I stopped. Arme- that's where I decided to stop my research. I choose to believe that the Garden of Eden is in Armenia. Is Armenia, Armenia in fact. As in, like, it's in the country, like, westward of Turkey. Yes. So, and that's nowhere close near the Tigris or the Euphrates, right? No, Juan, here's the thing. I'm locking it in. Oh, so I can't dispute this? <laughs> Armenia is Eden. <laughs> and 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 frankly, uh I'm not accepting any further questions on it. Is is it kind of a is it kind of a bad thing that most of my knowledge of this comes from the SCP Foundation? I mean, it's interesting. I mean, like one thing to explore here is just how is how selectively saturated pop culture is. Like, completely dif- disparate elements of pop culture are with stories from the Bible, so... Especially the SCP, because it takes, like... It takes some things from the Bible, and then... It, it like, modernizes that mythology, to say. Because, for mm-hmm. example, I'm talking about... I remember what it, I remember what number it is. But the Garden of Eden is in the SCP universe. And it's just a portal guarded by a giant guardian. Ah, shit. Which spoiled? I was gonna wait. I, was, I love that part. <laughs> in the SCP universe, it, Cain and Abel are real people. Mm-hmm. They're like superhumans. Cool. And they theorize maybe gods, but they're not gonna test that. True. But they are are they are afraid of that guardian. That guardian will not let anything in, and the portal is directly. It's like right over the Tigris and Euphrates origin point, which I think is in somewhere in Iran or Iraq. Cool. I confused the two. I'm sorry. I'm American. It's a rock. Don't you worry. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha you with the Middle Eastern geography. Thank you. I should put up on that. Ah, too late. Here, I'll I'll send you the picture that I found. I think I still have it up. Oh, okay. Armenia is not too far from where I thought. Okay. 
That makes more sense. But yeah, to summarize, Eden is uh, Armenia. We will be going with that. All right, that is podcast canon now. If anybody out there has some qualms about that, fuck off. Find my personal phone number and text me about it. I will respond. And the response will be, lol, molding. (laughs) So verse 15. The Lord yoinked the man. Pardon me. (laughs) The Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You may freely eat of any tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. So like I said, not relevant trees, not important to the story. He doesn't eat it. He's, he's not, God, God told him directly not to, so it must be good. Also, it must be okay to eat the tree of life, I assume. I'm, I'm not sure how it was in, like, those times, but in modern times, if, like, somebody's telling me, yo, don't eat that fruit, you'll die, I'm gonna be like, that's some pretty tempting fruit right there. It's some tempting fruit I got. Okay, maybe it's a little tempting. It might be kind of tempting. We'll, we'll see, we'll see how, the, how, we'll see how this plays out. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. So out of the ground the Lord formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for the man there was not found a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of man this one was taken. Therefore, a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Dude, God's a fucking organ trafficker. What the fuck? (laughs) He just fucking put Adam unconscious and took his fucking rib. Adam woke up in a fucking bathtub full of ice (laughs) with, with new and exciting scars. I want to add because Yo, like this this origin story. Metal. Sorry, say again. I said this origin story is metal. As <laughs> yeah, hell. now we're ramping it up. <laughs> the thing I fucking need to talk about seriously for a second: women do not have more ribs than men. I just feel like I want to point that out because I thought that for years because of this shit, and like nobody corrected. And I feel like I don't remember if it's the case, but I feel like Catholic school teachers were like, "Yep," but like it's fucking not true. <laughs> Wait, so you're telling me that, like, you asked around and told people, hey, do women have more ribs than men? And everybody just like, yeah, I think so. It's been a long time, so I can't confirm, but I feel like I was actively taught that. I feel like I was actively taught that women have more ribs than men, and this is why. Or at the very least, that it was an allegory for this. I don't, I don't think anybody would just go, yeah, women have more ribs than men with such confidence. I feel like we could see proof that or not. But another another thing about this that okay so the last line is said therefore a man leaves his father and his mother mm-hmm. and blah 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 right 
That feels tacked on oh, dude, as fuck. That last verse, 25, and the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. I love how just this story is just written with, like, non-sequiturs just sort of thrown in. Like, it makes sense with, like, the whole context, but, like, I feel like this one is clunkier. <laughs> this, this is, like, a stand-up comedian telling a really good story, but then just, like, half-assing his political <laughs> views into it. Like, oh, so anyways, so yeah, so that's how I got robbed. Anyway, that's why I don't like black people. All right. That, 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 that last detail, and the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. It comes out of nowhere, but it, but it gets there. <laughs> but they, they, they get there. So. Some, somebody in, like, the, the Dead Sea Caves really went, like, all right, I guess we got to let Carl get his say in because this is the third time this week he's complained that we don't include him enough. <laughs> he got to write that one verse. <laughs> that was his contribution. <laughs> now everything's created, but it's not quite how we recognize it. Despite how good it would be, there's not just one man and woman living in Armenia alone. The world might be better if that was the case, but unfortunately we have what we have. They've, they've got to wrap it up. They've got, they got to start us on the track for how they've got everything set up. They need to, they need to push us into the second act. I find it interesting that God needs workers. Yeah, he just needed a dude to till the soil for him. <laughs> I, I guess the fundamentalists are right. Capitalism is God's chosen system. <laughs> Yeah, he, he just wanted someone to economically exploit. And moreover, the Garden of Eden still need to fucking till the soil. <laughs> so, now we get to the first sin. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Verse 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat from the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it, or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like a god, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together to make loincloths for themselves. So I've heard this about a thousand times in my life. What all are you getting from this? What, what all... Are you seeing? I want to see what your fresher eyes. Oh, oh shit! Was I supposed to be paying attention? You told me not to. You told me to throw away everything involving the fruit and the tree of knowledge. Oh, tr- my bad. damn it! Hoist by my own <laughs> petard. <laughs> no, but seriously though. Okay, so now knowing this in full context, because this everything with the the fruit just leads up to the realization that. I guess that sexuality exists and should be ashamed of? It seems that once you have knowledge of good and evil, you realize that your own body is evil and you cover up, you know, not taking into account all of the cultures that have different, you know, perceptions of what parts of the human body should and should not be covered and if it matters and how much it matters. Though I'm, I'm, I'm generally interested in why people back then 
because they're trying to be fruitful. So having sex can't be a bad thing. Oh, but but the expression of it is evil. But Juan, that was the last creation story. <laughs> oh. We've got a ret. We're we're retconning that. Oh one. yeah, you're right. No fruitful and multiply. In this in this story, only shame. It looks like. But only shame if you know of the meaning of good and evil. If you don't know it, then you shouldn't be ashamed. I don't know. No interpretation allowed. Yeah, no. It's, uh, <laughs> but still, it just it again. This I guess this is a thing that like convinced me of atheism when I was younger. It's just that why would God mm-hmm. make that fruit in the first place, knowing the outcome? And then he lied to and them. And then lied to them. Yeah. So there's so a lot of is, shit is lying not that part comes of good out and of evil? this one in terms of like say again. I, I I'm sorry. Like I said, is lying not part of good and evil? But then again, I, we're going into interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> You can lie if you're God, maybe. This is very much a, a kink shaming kind of kind of kind of story so far. I'm sorry, God wanted it to happen somehow, because he would he could have done so many things to make sure this didn't happen. Just make the tree a bit higher. <laughs> make it a portal above Armenia instead of in the middle. You could you could have had a tree like the one in Norse mythology. That way, nobody would have ever climbed it and gotten that tree. True. So. They ate from the tree of knowledge of Puritanism, and they 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 kink shamed each other into wearing clothes. Here's what happened next. I'm sorry, honey. You're you're into exhibition. This just is just not, not going to work. work for me. And they're like, oh no, I've been my my kink has been shamed. The highest of all shames. So next, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden, at the time of the evening breeze. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree and i ate it then the lord god said to the woman what is this that you have done the woman said the serpent tricked me and i ate it so they made loincloths for themselves but then they also hid because they were naked fucking uh, adam fucking snitched on eve what the fuck dude yeah i know it's the first snitch no one talks about that one satan was the first snake but adam was the first rat (laughs) (laughs) also i just want to emphasize nowhere does it say satan it says the snake I guess I shouldn't ask this now, but is there a point where it reveals that Satan is a snake, or is everybody just assuming? Everyone just assumes, which Satan is a big old thing to ponder, because like... So, is this whole thing before or after the rebellion of Satan? Well, the rebellion of Satan does not occur in any scripture. So, wait, so where does that story come from then? Um, I want to say it mostly comes from Islamic tradition, and it was incorporated into Christian theology. What? I've been lied to my whole life. Yeah, uh, that's another, that's a through line that we're going to bump into a bunch, and we're bumping into now, so we might as well get into it. Uh, Satan as the evil guy who fights God uh, doesn't really exist, at least until the New Testament, I want to say. So there's a a Hebrew word, I believe it's Hebrew, uh, the Satan, which is like the prosecutor, kind of. He's not so much the devil as he is the devil's advocate. But, like, slowly over time, that turned into an evil character that we now know as Satan. He was just a dude in God's, like, court, basically. He's like an angel. 
So he was just a dude like God would say, "You are wicked," and the dude would just be like, "Wait, wait, hold your horses there, God." Or I have some issues with that. I think it's basically flipped. I think Satan was like, you know, he's like the prosecutor. I think he's like, I don't know, God, isn't this guy kind of bad? Maybe he should get punished. <laughs> God's like, I don't know. Maybe you should go, uh, go see what you can do. Prove your case. So, the, the the snake ain't even said to be Satan. Nowhere does it say that the snake is Satan. And, and nowhere in the fucking Bible did Satan's rebellion occur. Nope. So every fucking so is everybody just going along with what whoever with whoever started the lie? Well, I'm not even sure what lie is. Where does this pop culture phenomenon of Satan being like the rebellious guy come from? You say yeah, it comes. It's just from, so confusing. It comes from like thousands. It didn't come from of, this. It comes from a, a a thousand or two years of just cultural melding and theological thought and cultural soup all coming together to affect the religion of christianity well okay that makes understanding this a lot harder but that makes political advocacy a lot easier because now when everybody says like oh contraceptions come from satan you can be like satan's not even in the fucking bible dumb bitch well the satan is in the bible and i believe that probably in some versions he's translated as satan but like and again i think he might be in the new testament but like he's definitely the product of like culture and like slow changes in understanding of interactions with scripture but he is not from like at least the old testament he might be in the new testament but he also might be the satan in the new testament i don't remember that part very well this is gonna keep me up there's a really good religion for breakfast video about it that i recommend not not to you Juan, because we have to we have to keep you as in the dark as possible so i can teach you things but for the listeners oh my god this just got really fucking confusing Let's keep going. Yeah, so we're about to see what happens to the to the snaky boy because of all of this. Verse 14. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you among all animals and among all wild creatures. Upon your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. To the woman, he said, I will make your pangs in childbirth exceedingly great. In pain you shall bring forth children. Yet your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And to the man, he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree, about which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, until you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. Okay, holy shit, that's a cool line. Yeah, that was fucking metal. (laughs) Also, it was a little wild in terms of just the fucking punishments there's a lot to unpack in this one uh for one snakes eat dust this is confirmed by scriptural evidence well at least they eat my dust ah shit he's too fast every time i'm running away from them because i'm deathly scared of them damn yeah so (laughs) snakes eat dust uh heteronormativity is a punishment by god for our sins (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god. <laughs> That's fucking funny. <laughs> because, you know. Yeah, all these, all these fucking dumbasses talking about straight pride. It's like, ah, God said no. no God said that we... This is your punishment. the husband is the ruler because of the punishment. As a punishment. And also, speaking of... Uh, so God intends for men to rule over women, women in this case, because, as a punishment. But also, God intends for us all to live on farms and eat of the plants of the field as a punishment. So if you live in a city, that's unnatural. You are clawing your way out of the, uh, out, out of the punishment that God has given us. There's a, there's a classic meme. There's somebody toiling the fields, and he says, Man, I hate being a wheat boy. All the hunter-gatherers point and laugh at me and say, Go, wheat boy, go. <laughs> Bro, Wheat Boy is Kane, but we'll get to that. Because all the hunter-gatherers are like, ha, dude, you're like in cosmic detention. All of the more egalitarian cultures of the <laughs> of the herders on the on the steppe or whatever. Looking at the, the virgin heteronormative fucking <laughs> Wheat Boys. Yo, dude, no wonder why, like, heteronormative people are just so insecure. It's because it's the a punishment. punishment. Straight up. Damn, I feel like nobody has ever interpreted the Bible. I, I, I have, I am turning this into a weapon. Oh shit, he's weaponizing the Bible. Like that's never done before. Like that's never <laughs> been done before. <laughs> no one's ever done this. We're Bible Holy pioneers. Shit. Maybe that's what this should be called. I'm, I am intrigued by the fact that God still decided to punish Adam and Eve, even though it was the snake's fault. And he was like, no, yeah, you tricked them, but fuck them too, I guess. How, how dare you sin? When I did not give you the capacity to reason as to whether you were sinning or not. You literally didn't know of good and evil, so you didn't realize it was evil to listen to the snake. Now you were suffering. This brings us to God's first war crime in the Bible, if you think about it, because this is collective punishment. It is collective punishment. I mean, it's only two, but... He says we're punishing all the snakes. It's like, yo, well, all He's the... He's punishing every snake. Yeah, well, yeah. all the snakes gotta do with this, though. Like, it was just one bad snake. What we need is a good guy with who's a snake. <laughs> then those snakes in their hatred for God took it the form of politicians. So, the punishments are fucking doled out. And then the following happens. The man named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all living. There's an etymology there that may or may not be real because a lot of Bible etymologies aren't real and I don't trust them. But it's possible. A very, very much a tangent in the middle of me reading this, but, uh... Adam is, like, Hebrew for man, so, like, Adam is just man. All right, end side note. And the Lord God made garments of skins for the man and for his wife and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, See, the humans have become like one of us, knowing good and evil, and now they might reach out their hands and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent them forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from which they were taken. He drove out the humans, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a sword flaming, and turning to guard the way of the tree of life. Oh my god, that's SCP-001! Yeah, 001, man. That must be why they fucking named it that. Oh no, well, there's multiple 001s. Uh, it's, it's, it's like a little thing inside the lore where it's just trying to throw off everybody who reads it from knowing the real 001. But yeah, all right. So there's a cherubim guarding the Garden of Eden, guarding Armenia. Yeah. Well, he he did a terrible job in the 1900s. Oh, let me tell shit. you, the fuck were you doing? 
Cherubim really dropped the ball on that one. Well, at least he's not naked, or else that that would be a no-no. Yeah, that that'd be fucked up. That would that would trigger my good and evil senses. But yeah, I want to point out that little uh, the humans have become like us. Yeah, again, you, uh, that's alluding to like the beta version where there were multiple gods, right? Yeah, something like that. And now, who is the Lord talking to now? Is he talking to them? Is he talking to himself? Or is he talking to us in the first person in a book that's this entire time referred to him in the third? Who's to say? Not I. No interpretation allowed. <laughs> but that's this is actually a lot more interesting than I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird one. So what overall did you think? Were there any particular surprises that came out of nowhere? Yeah, the fucking retcon. The retcon is great. I love the... Well, anyways. Uh, that's a different story for a different time. Now let's get to the real show. Yeah. Anyways, Satan kind of blew your mind. The, the serpent. Just pop culture has just, like, instilled in me that the fucking snake was Satan. It turns out it's not even hinted at it is. I'm mad. Yeah, yeah. No, no reference. Yeah. You'll see a lot of this. This is one of the things that bothers me about Christianity. And, you know, this is getting into people's beliefs, but we're going to dive right in anyways. So so what happens a lot is that there will be something in the Old Testament, and Christians will read it and be like, huh, that's referring to Jesus, or that's referring to XYZ thing. And it certainly doesn't have to be, is what I'll say. I, I would maybe even argue that it's just not. I think that the spiritual things in the Bible didn't happen, and, like, some of the historical things happened. So I don't think that, like, it was divinely inspired to, to reference Jesus all the time. I instead think that that's humans reading into things. <laughs> but that is certainly one of them, the, the Satan bit. Why was, what was the method in which all these stories came together? Because I understand that they were writing them in, like, in caves in the Dead Sea, somewhere after Jesus, right? Well, that's not where it was initially all codified. Well, that's where Well, that's where we got evidence that oh, it may have started, right? Dead Sea Scrolls are some of our oldest copies of scriptures that we have, for sure. There were definitely manuscript, manuscripts before them. Oh, no, yeah, definitely. Overall, these things, I mean, the YouTube channel Useful, Heart, Useful Charts is a great series, about just when the different books of the Bible were written and a lot of the historiography. I don't think I could do justice to it, but to summarize, all of the books of the Bible were written at very different times and codified and collected. And like, there are different versions. Sorry, let me back up. There are different collections. There are different books that different religious groups have thought are worth collecting and worth reading and other ones that are worth discarding. In general, the uh, Jewish Tanakh is a big codifier. Like, that was a thing in Jewish tradition for a long time, and still is. That roughly correlates to the Old Testament, and then it was a big, long historical debate as to what Christians should read also. And it's just a matter of what became the tradition of what was codified, of what enough people chose to do really so basically the the bible is like a hall of fame of all the texts that survived the battle royale yeah basically <laughs> it's a matter <laughs> of put, consensus and a... it's a matter of uh of where you drop really yeah yeah it, it, it definitely feels like it it definitely feels like different stories just put together and just merging over time yeah because of the torah the most common theory about how that was made 
and you know there's different variations of it but like basically every bible scholar will tell you that these are stories that were in oral tradition that were and like you know maybe like bits of writing from different authors that were compiled together and that's you know an explanation for you know why there's two creation stories that sort of jump directly from one to the other for example is that those were two different creation stories that were floating around that were compiled together into the book of genesis and then you know the torah is a is one story and then like the other books in the old testament are another stories the bible overall is like a is like a library there are a bunch of different works of literature that are all contained in that but then moreover like the torah you know the pentateuch you know genesis exodus leviticus numbers deuteronomy are also just sort of a of a compilation so it's just sort of a compilation within a compilation really is what we're reading now damn that is honestly that's that's impressive work that such i wouldn't even say that they were like mumbled and scattered but the fact that those original tales managed to survive in one way shape or form throughout these probably thousands of years no yeah it's absolutely crazy especially since there are so many ancient works that don't survive but these are some that do yeah we are reading just a tiny fraction of of those that were probably written and told oh yeah absolutely you know there could have there could have been there could have been so many stories that were just wiped out whenever that that village was ransacked or maybe just the last person who remembered it just died yeah yeah i mean like and one of the somebody just forgot one of the interesting things that bible scholars will tell you is that you know the, the the different sources that make up the torah will also have like slightly different theologies and like kind of disagree with each other and like every 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 book in the bible you know like we were talking about with like every christian before has like their own version of what christianity is every author who features in the bible has their own version of judaism they're all a little different from each other you know, we're, we're seeing a different perspectives all within the old testament basically I guess if I were to relate this to something modern, so people can kind of visualize this in a sm- much smaller time scale, just imagine how many different versions iteration there are of comic book heroes, right? Like ever since like the 50s, all the different versions of Spider-Man, Superman, Batman, whatever. And what are the versions that we are most familiar with? Like say with Batman, like all different versions that are ever written about Batman, right? We are only familiar with the ones from the movies because those... And they are themselves are inspired by like a variant of different comic books, right? Like the Dark Knight is inspired by X book and X book, while the newest, uh, the Batman twenty twenty two was inspired by this book and this book. It's it's like that, I would guess to, uh, I would say to explain it simply. Yeah, it, it's just whatever culture decides to codify, and later be improved on. And that's what stays in the memory. And God is very much in his Adam West phase, I'd say, in this story. He is a goofy boy. <laughs> this is this is very, uh, he's got a little bit of Green Goblin in him, I'd say, in this one. To use an analogy. <laughs> but yeah, I think this is about where we will leave off. Alright, everybody. Thank you for, thank you for listening, Juan. Yeah, thanks for uh, explaining this to me. And thanks for anybody out there that might be listening. Uh, thanks for joining in. Thank you, goodbye. Have a good day.